Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Okay, everybody. Well, this Psalm 84 is easily one of my most favorite psalms. It is a beautiful pastoral psalm talking about how good it is to be a member of the house of God. What a privilege, what a delight, and how beautiful it is to be part of the the body of Christ, part of the great church of Jesus in today's world. It begins in the introduction saying to the chief musician. This psalm wasn't to be relegated to uh, some underling. It was to the chief musician. It needed the highest treatment they could possibly give it. And it was to be played on an instrument of Gath, which is interesting because Gath is where Goliath came from the giant that David killed. It was a Philistine instrument. It wasn't an instrument from Zion. It was one of the instruments of the world. And God has a way of taking what the world uses, sanctifying it, and making it work for his kingdom. He got Samson to use the foxes of the Philistines to burn up their own fields. I guess the greatest example is Jesus on the cross took death and used it against the devil to destroy all of his power, all of his authority, to wipe out sin, to forgive, to bring forgiveness to every one of us and to defeat the devil. Colossians says he made an open show of them, disarming every principality and power. So through death, he conquered death. And he will take what is used by the enemy and use it for the victory in the kingdom of God. So this was actually to be played on an instrument from Gath. The most wonderful part about this introduction, though, is that it's a psalm of the sons of Korah. Now, Korah, he was a family. His was a family that were involved in many areas of the keeping of the temple, But here it is, he was a minister in the temple, a gatekeeper, a worshiper, uh, an overseer of choirs and singers. But this isn't Korah who's written this psalm. It's his sons. It's his offspring. It's his legacy. How beautiful is it when the sons of pastors, the sons of ministers are still in love with the house of God? And it is so important that... As pastors, we, we have a love for God's house. We don't go home and criticize the people. We don't go home and, and pull down the church because our children hear that and they be grow, become embittered against the church. We need to have a heart for God and a heart for his house in spite of all the things that may happen to us in church, in spite of all the things that are difficult and stressful about church. Our testimony at our our homes needs to be positive and beautiful about the house of God. So the first thing that these sons of Korah say is, I love church. They say, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. 
So they begin by saying it's beautiful. We love church. We love the people. We love the worship. We love singing. We love the preaching. We love the altar calls. We love the presence of God. And I'm telling you, the house of God is important, not just because it's the house of God, but because of the God of the house. And if he is there, then everything about the house is beautiful. And he is there because we worship in spirit and truth. We don't just sing songs and give lip service and are heartless towards God. We don't just go through religious ceremony as though superstitiously this is somehow going to please God. But we worship with our heart. And those who draw near to God with their heart, they find him. And his presence will fill the place. And when God's presence is in a building, it is unmistakable. People are drawn to him. People's hearts melt in the presence of God. And these kids, they said, we're going to write this psalm because we love the house. And they call him the Lord of Armies. These are young men and they, they, they're not afraid of a fight. And they're saying, we love your house, but that doesn't make us people who are avoiding conflict and confrontation. We don't mind a fight in the house of God. And David was one of the best examples of that mixture of a psalmist who loved God and could speak in poetry to heaven and to God himself. He could unload his soul in the most poetic way. He could experience grief and, and, and have those emotions out before God. Anger, disappointment, all of these things. And yet he was a warrior, a military genius, didn't lose a battle. And yet here he was, this mixture of a giant killer and a psalmist, a poet and a military man. And he is saying here, the, these psalmists are saying, we love the house of God and we're in the army. O Lord of hosts. The second verse says, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. Love can exhaust people. People can feel like it is their deepest appetite and it's drawing them towards what they love. And if we love the Lord, we will love his house. It interests me sometimes when I hear people so they hate the church and they hate Christians. And if you ask them, do you want to go to heaven? They say, of course I do. But the problem with that is heaven is going to be full of Christians. It's going to be just like church on steroids. It's, it's got God there. And if you don't like God, you don't like his people, you don't like his presence, you're going to hate heaven. Because here, when we are born again and the Holy Spirit in us, has created this cry within for God the Father. We find our soul longing to be in church, longing to be in, in amongst all the saints, longing to be worshiping and praising God in heaven, longing to hear the word of God preached, longing to have the fellowship of the saints. And when we have that heart that's like that, that can be an assurance that we are born again, that we know Christ. He says, I'm longing for the courts of the Lord. Well, in the Old Testament, there were three courts in their temple, in their tabernacle. There was the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. 
in the outer court. It was an open sky above you. It was symbols of the cross and washing. And, uh, and then you went in through a curtain and you came into an enclosed environment where there were angels embroidered on the, in tapestries around the, in the curtains that surrounded you. And to your right, there was a, a table with bread, uh, there was a table with a, sh- a lamp on it, uh, the menorah, the seven-branched candlestick. And on your left, there was the, the table of bread, hot bread, baked fresh every day. And right in front of you was a golden altar of worship that had incense, beautiful incense ascending. And then beyond that was the Holy of Holies. And so they are saying, my soul longs to travel into these higher and ever higher levels of consciousness of God, from that outer court to the inner court, from the inner court to the Holy of Holies, where in Jesus now, in the New Testament, all of us can access that Holy of Holies, that presence of God. Whereas in the Old Testament, only one man, once a year, could go in there. The high priest could go in there on the Day of Atonement and and represent the entire nation of Israel and receive forgiveness and atonement and covering from God for the nation. But in the New Testament, every single person who has received Christ can enter into that holy place. When Jesus died, that curtain that separated God from the outside world was completely torn apart. Legend has it that the religious leaders of the time tried to sew it back up to try and keep God in their box, but he had escaped. He was out on the streets of Jerusalem. He wanted to mingle in amongst the people, and he wanted them to mingle with him. That has forever been the quest of God. That is exactly why he sent Jesus, why Jesus died on a cross to reconcile us to God for relationship, not just for a legal theological positioning, but for a heartfelt connection and fusion with the Father in heaven. And so the, these, these young men are saying, my soul longs. I long for the, for the courts of God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. It's like there is this abandonment. It's like there is this uh, unmanufactured cry, a, a, a call that rose within them beyond their ability to control. They just longed for God. They said, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. One of the best things you can do for your flesh is not just pills and, and workouts and health foods. All of that's good. No problem with any of that. But let me tell you, the best, the best medicine for our flesh, the best healing properties, the best conditioner for our flesh, our bones, our blood, our whole system is the presence of God. When we soak in the presence of God, our flesh is benefited as much as our spirit. Verse 3 says, even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God, even the sparrow. It's like he's, he's astonished that within the courts of God, even the sparrow is there. 
And, and it's like the most insignificant of birds, the most uncelebrated of birds, the little sparrow. But that tells me that the, most, uh, the people who feel they are the most unnoticed, the most marginalized, the most forgotten, the most insignificant, the most powerless, even the, it's like every single person on earth can find a place in the house of God. Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions and I go to make one for you. I go to prepare one for you. And so the people of God should never be clicky. They should not be exclusive. We need to be having arms wide open for every single person who comes into the house of God. And the swallow, it says, a nest for herself. The house of God is where we can lay our dreams, conceive our dreams, and give birth to our dreams. So we we can find in worship that we see something, that God puts something in our heart. And then we nurture, we incubate that dream every time we're in the place of worship We're in the house of God. And then there'll come a time when God will lead us into how we birth and actually bring that that dream into being. Says the swallow may lay her young even on your altars, O Lord of hosts. And that is one of the best things you and I can do with our dreams is put them on the altar and present them to God so that they're not ours anymore. We have given them to the Lord. And they say, that's why we can call you my king, and my God. They've called him the Lord of hosts, which is the Lord of armies up until this point. But now when they say, we're bringing our dreams and laying them on your altar, my king and my God, it's because he's the king and not us. He is our God and no one else. The last verse we're looking at here today out of Psalm 84 is verse 4, which says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. <laughs> That's a great, a great word. You know, uh, I've been pastoring for 50 years. And uh, some of the people I was pastoring 50 years ago are still in the church today. My, one of my best friends, Simon McIntyre, who has worked so faithfully with me, he was with me in the church before we started this church. And he has been with us for all that time. Mark Saundercock started early in the the early days. His wife, Kerry, the same. And uh, so many people, Mark and Bernadette Kelsey, great deep friends of mine and who have dwelt in the house of God all these years with a love for the house of God. And then there are some some more uh, elderly people in our church, Rod Harry, who has served in so many areas in our church and has been with us since the very beginning and has helped us on boards and on committees and is such a, and he's in his 90s now. And he is praising God. I've seen this verse lived out. He has dwelt in the house of God. And in these latter stages of his life, he is praising God. And he can see four generations, his children and his children's children are all in the house of God. And many of them are serving God. And he has been so faithful to worship. To, and he still comes down to the prayer meeting. I see him still in so many of our meetings. This psalm says, if you dwell in the house of God, don't let, don't let offense knock you out of it. Don't let sin backslide you and take you away from the house of God. Don't let uh, any fanciful 
theological position that is, sounds delicious and sounds kind of exclusive and uh, exotic take you away into some different situation from just being in the house of God where his presence is, where there is a, a good, solid, sound pastor bringing the word of God, where there is a great team of believers, where there are small groups where you create uh, intimate relationships with other believers in. These people are still praising God at the end of their life. One of the saddest things is seeing people come to the end of their days because they just forsook, they just left church, they left following Jesus, and they have found themselves unhappy and bitter and wishing they hadn't left. I mean, the story of the Israelites, they were meant to get in that land in just a few weeks, maybe six weeks, but it took them 40 years. And uh, how many of us have thought, wow, it's taken me a long time to get where I should be, and when I could have done it in just a couple, a couple of weeks, and here we are years later and we can live with regret like that. But you know what? There's always a way to recover lost ground. God says, I can restore the years that have been stolen from you. And if we will make a recommitment to the house of God and to God himself, we're going to find ourselves in a place of recovery and blessing. In Jesus' name, I pray for you. I pray for his blessing to be upon you. I pray that as you dwell in the house of God, you'll find that blessing of his presence walking with you every day of the week. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope you'll be back real soon.